Welcome to Tough Cookie Talks. I'm your host, Jenna Josephowski, but you can call me Jenna J. I'm a semi-retired professional dancer, dance teacher and yoga teacher, turned certified personal trainer and kettlebell instructor who helps active women learn to lift and get strong with equal parts challenge and compassion. After years of working in the fitness industry, I got sick and tired of watching people, including myself, run themselves into the ground trying to uphold the narrow-minded image of what our culture sees as healthy and fit. But instead of giving it all up, I decided that I'd rather change the game, call out the BS, extract the good, and help others learn to use movement as a way to build themselves up rather than tear themselves down. On this podcast, we'll explore the intersection of fitness and anti-diet culture and all the gray areas in between. We'll let go of shoulds and judgment and dig into tough conversations with curiosity. Things get pretty spicy around here. So grab your headphones and let's do this. Hey friends, welcome to Tough Cookie Talks. Today, I am super excited to bring on today's guest, Jesse Mundell. Jesse is a kinesiologist, a fitness coach, writer, speaker, and mom to two young kids. She has specialized in coaching pregnant and postpartum folks in exercise for the last 15 years and counting, and she's grateful to be a go-to support system for pregnancy and postpartum and beyond. Fitness that strengthens and heals the whole body, core, and pelvic floor, without requiring anyone to shrink. She also educates and certifies trainers and health practitioners on how to more effectively and safely coach their pre and postnatal clients or patients to better strength and function. Most importantly, she believes that bodies and business are political, that black lives matter, that all bodies are valued and that fitness is fat positive. So I just, I've been thinking a lot about what this first season of my podcast has been. And to be honest, it's been a series of people who I think are amazing and that we need to talk to. And Jesse's definitely been one of those people for me. We talk a lot about finding the support that you need in different seasons in your life and what kinds of fitness programs might be appropriate for you, depending on what you're looking for. And there are so many great ones to offer. And I've got to say, Jessie's program um, and her coaching and the support of her community was the thing, exactly the thing that I didn't know that I needed when I was pregnant with my son and after I gave birth to him. Um, Truly, I feel that in many cases, when we talk about uh, pregnancy and postpartum fitness. Not only are there a lot of myths that need to be busted and a lot of terrible advice and a lot of body shaming and all of that, but when we're focused solely on just like aesthetic stuff, you know what I mean? Like losing the baby weight right away, or I don't know, any number of things that you might not necessarily be thrilled about when it comes to your body after you have a baby. What you're really missing out on is a lot of that strength and function. And Jesse brings that to the table. And I can't wait to get into this conversation with her because I know that if you are somebody who has ever had, or even considering having kids down the road, you are going to really love and appreciate this episode. And if you're a fellow coach, there are so many good nuggets in here for you as well. So without further ado, let's get into the convo with Jesse. Hey, Jesse, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jenna. Thanks so much for having me. Definitely. I'm really excited to talk to you about all sorts of things today, but before we get into it, can you tell 
our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do and what you are up to these days? Yeah, sure thing. So I professionally, my professional work is that I'm a kinesiologist and a fitness coach for perinatal populations. So I work with people in pregnancy, any stage postpartum and parents and We are specifically rooted in strength training type exercise from a core and pelvic floor aware perspective, which basically just means that we do lots of strength training and lifting weights and help people build strength and function in their whole body, abdominal wall, the pelvic floor muscles, et cetera. And we really work from a non-diet size inclusive lens. So What I think takes a little bit of a detour from generally what the prenatal and especially postnatal training conversations tend to be around, especially the, you know, pre get your pre baby body back bullshit. We tend to steer in the exact opposite direction of in our coaching. And I feel like you just fit in right here so well, because that's, that's what we're all about here. Love the strength training stuff. Love the anti-diet stuff. Love pushing it back against the bullshit in all the ways, but especially as a newer mom myself, hmm, we could hold a whole nother podcast episode about that fuckery, but Um, what do you tell me more about what you think is missing from the coaching space when it comes to pre and postnatal training? Because I know that when we talk about the things that we don't like that are so prominent, oftentimes I find that when we're so focused on certain things, like getting your pre baby body back, for example, that you're missing some of the actual stuff that people really need. Yeah, absolutely. It's so true. And I don't know if you've experienced it yourself now postpartum, but what I have found for so many clients working with postpartum is that the focus, the hyper focus on their body composition and how that relates to exercise and, you know, lifestyle behaviors in general, it just takes them out of the experience of actually living their lives experiencing motherhood, parenthood, whatever it might be with this hyper-focus on the body. It's like, that's all that exists. And then they look back and they feel like they missed so much on those early weeks, months, and years with their kids. And that started to be the thing that I was really noticing for people, especially, you know, working with them in the early postpartum months and seeing that hyper-focus, but then working with people who are multiple years out postpartum and them feeling this real disappointment, Mm. such an upsetting tone to their experience postpartum and them really feeling like, Ah, like this could have been a lot different for me in my experience of parenting if I had have allowed myself to be in it, to not try to just focus on shrinking my body away because I thought that was going to be the thing to quote unquote fix how I was feeling postpartum mm-hmm. when there's such real physical, mental, and emotional health stuff to be dealing with postpartum that has nothing to do with the size of our bodies. But that's the thing that we tend to zero in on and want to control in hopes that the other stuff will feel better. 
Yeah. It's something that I come back to often, which is like when we're chasing a body size or a look often, what we're actually chasing is like a feeling or like a state of being. Yeah. And that is exactly it. And it, to me, it totally makes sense, especially as someone who's come from a background with an eating disorder and overusing exercise or using exercise and food as a tool to control my body composition. I totally get it. And I absolutely would have been there myself postpartum if I hadn't have done a whole ton of work prior to going into my first pregnancy, my first birth postpartum round. I get it. It's a whole lot of discomfort. It's a whole lot of wanting to escape where you are because it can be really, really uncomfortable. Yeah. So in short, to answer your question, what do I think is missing from the conversations in pregnancy and postpartum fitness? It is these promises that, you know, your body's going to change. You're so early postpartum. Just wait, give it time. Your body's going to get smaller nine months in nine months out. For me, I'm like, we got to just throw all that away and exist in this body right now. What is actually happening for you right now? How can we use exercise, core and pelvic floor work to help you feel okay, to help you feel better? Because this is it. Like, this is what exists right now. I don't know what's going to happen with your body composition. I'm not going to give you any promises on how it might change. I just want to help you feel okay in your body and your life. Yes. Uh, I resonate with so much of that, so much of that. And I think that can be like, that can be a really hard pill to swallow. And I think for a lot of people, maybe kind of shutting down, like, no, I don't want to accept this body right now because they're so frustrated and don't want to be in that place. I like to think of it as like a moving forward and we don't know what forward's going to be. And we don't know what the future is going to hold but we can, to your point, focus on the present and trying to take the best care of yourself right now and then allow the future to be whatever it becomes because it's like you can't really go back any like not not to your post pregnancy body and not anywhere in life like that like you just can't go back. It's just like here and now and then forward, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. And like you're saying, it is an uncomfortable place to be in, especially when you're feeling uncomfortable in your body. And especially just given the culture in which we live in, all of it makes sense that we would want to likely change what might be happening for us, especially if that means that we're living in a softer, rounder, bigger body than we have ever before. It makes sense given our culture that we don't want that to be the thing we're existing in. Right. And then we just have to feed in this education and this questioning on why, why, why are we feeling this way? And can we actually get to the roots of it? Mm. So what important info, and I'm sure there's a lot of it. Do you think most pregnant people and new parents are missing out on? Because it seems to me there are two messages that come forth. It's either like go hard, like get your body back, like all of this stuff, or it's like, don't do anything and, you know, just like fuck it all. And I think there's this beautiful 
in between and a lot of really good stuff in there. If we're willing to, I don't know, kind of get there and muck around in it a little bit. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it is so true. When we think about post-pregnancy, postnatal training, there are kind of those two camps, like super extreme or maybe just like walk, do yoga, do nothing, just rest, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I kind of live in the gray in the nuance of that because I think that exercise can be such a powerful tool for helping to care for your physical, mental, and emotional health postpartum. I was just talking with a client last night who has three weeks postpartum. And she was like, yeah, I think I need to wait until that six week mark before I start doing anything till I get that clearance. And I was like, maybe not. Maybe we can start doing some gentle things now. And maybe that would actually be super helpful to support how you're feeling in your pelvic floor, but also just like in the achiness and the stiffness of that postpartum life. And also to help you feel okay, to help support that mental and emotional health when you are living in such a big time of transition. So for me, I think exercise postpartum, it is a tool. It is a vehicle that can help people to be okay. And now we try to find that middle ground of not going super hard and heavy because we do need to respect the healing and recovery of a body who has come through pregnancy, who has potentially come through a labor and birth, who is now maybe caring for a newborn. There is a lot of stuff that has happened to the body and is continuing to happen My frustration with the fitness industry is that we think, all right, get that six-week clearance and you're back to all the stuff, doing all the activities again. And that's not at all how postpartum recovery actually happens. So we try to give so much education that postpartum is a long game. I consider the first two years to be early postpartum, and that tends to be pretty shocking for some people to hear, but it is a slow road. And like you're saying, that doesn't mean we don't do anything. That doesn't mean we don't strength train and we get back to a lifting when the activities we love to do. Absolutely. But there, it can be helpful to have some structure, intention and progression through getting back to movement and exercise. And can I just tell you that was a little personal testimonial here. One of my favorite things about being a part of your program was that like early a few weeks in, it's like, oh, you have things for me. And it was very simple. It was like, you're going to lay down and you're going to breathe into your belly and you're going to do this like real gentle glute bridge with like a pelvic floor contraction or whatever these things were. And it felt so good even to have that like 10 or 15 minutes to get back into that ritual, because that's what I see like strength training and my own workouts personally, whether I go in there and like go hard or whether I'm doing something really easy and gentle, depending on what I need. It's that ritual of taking the time for yourself to like be with your body and do stuff that feels good. And that's going to build you up instead of tear you down. And that's, it's such a beautiful thing that I think people are missing out on even just taking that time for themselves. Yeah. And imagine now looking back from your own experience, doing nothing for that six weeks and nothing as in 
doing so much <laughs> in the newborn caring stage, but doing no structured stuff, no rebuilding, and then going to a boot camp class where uh-huh. you're running, sprinting, jumping, sit ups, like all the things. That's wild. And it would have been so frustrating in that experience. And that's when all of, all of the shit comes up. And then we get this mentality of like, oh, I can't jump anymore because I pee my pants. And that's just what happens now. But like, that doesn't have to be what happens now. We just need a little bit more care in there. And sometimes some intervention with somebody outside of the scope of practice of your bootcamp instructor. Yes, for sure. And like you're saying, this education on what your body has gone through, what your body actually needs. And specifically, what does your pelvic floor need? Do you know what a pelvic floor is? Do you know where that is in your body? Do you know how to use your breath, your body position, your tensioning of your abs and your pelvic floor to help you? Because you actually might be okay jumping at six weeks postpartum. Some people are, some folks are not. But if we have this understanding and connection to the pelvic floor, we can help ourselves be more okay. And if the instructor has that education for their people, which they absolutely should have, if they're working with pregnant or postpartum people at any stage, then things can go a lot better for everyone. Yeah. And that's something that's really missing. I think from a lot of just general fitness certifications in general. I mean, I think most personal trainer certifications like gloss over that. Um, and when I was teaching yoga, it also kind of glossed over that, but it was mostly these very like general blanket rules that we have for like for pregnant people, especially. And one thing that I've learned, and I'm sure that you have more to add to this is that there's a lot of like myths, I guess, around strength training through your pregnancy and beyond that are just like blanket statement rules. And a lot of it really depends on the person. So do you have any myths that you want to bust around strength training through pregnancy and then beyond that? Yeah, there's still some good ones that don't seem to want to quit. And (laughs) (laughs) a biggie is don't lift more than X amount of weight. So often we'll hear like 20 pounds is kind Mm -hmm. of that upper limit for pregnancy. Don't lift more than 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. And as a blanket statement, it is not accurate and can actually be harmful for people who need to be lifting more than that Mm -hmm. in their real lives or who need to be preparing to lift more than that for postpartum. Yeah. I think of those, so those baby pounds. carriers. Exactly. That is worse. That, that is the worst farmer's carry I've ever done in my life. So Are those awkward. baby carriers. Oh my God. That car seat, that infant car seat. Yeah. And it's funny. My podcast co-host Anita Lambert and I often talk about this is that I think her youngest was a 10 pound baby and then in that infant car seat you know what that might be like 15 pounds total Mm -hmm. and then that baby grew quickly and so we're up to 20 and 25 pounds very quickly postpartum yeah we gotta be lifting throughout pregnancy or it can be excellent to be lifting throughout pregnancy in order to prepare for postpartum so 
as a blanket statement to not lift more than X amount of pounds as an upper limit, we don't follow those guidelines. There absolutely can be real, true medical contraindications that would prevent someone from lifting a heavier amount of weight in pregnancy. That is true. And those circumstances tend to be rare. So in quote unquote, normal, healthy pregnancies, we tend to stick with an RPE. So a rate of perceived exertion on how much people are lifting. And we're in the like six to eight out of 10 type range for that. So for some people that could be 20 pounds for others, maybe it's 50 or 60 pounds. It's just going to depend. So that is one myth. Second myth is around no high impact or high intensity. And you absolutely can be doing some high impact or high intensity exercise during pregnancy. What I think is key though, is that some camps of people will then take this to the extreme. And we see those videos floating around the internet of people doing, you know, big high box jumps or burpees into the late third trimester. And that's not how I'm going to be coaching my clients. And I think there's conversations around ego and risk first reward that absolutely need to come into play at that point. But also knowing that if I need to sprint across the yard to prevent my two-year-old toddler from doing something dangerous, it's probably going to be fine for everybody. It's going to be okay for the pregnant person. It's going to be okay for the fetus. So again, there's nuance and gray area within these myths as well. Right. And it's one of those things. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. Go for it. I was going to say, I can't remember who I heard say this, but it was something that I reminded myself often because I am somebody who needs to check my ego a lot. (laughs) Um, Just because you can doesn't necessarily mean you should. Was that you that said that or was that somebody else? Yeah, we do a lot of could I versus should I. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like just, we don't need to, we could do that, but we don't need to. Yeah, exactly. The last one I'll just hit on is the supine or being on your back. Mm -hmm. And we hear a lot of don't do anything on your back, no exercises on your back after the first trimester. And we just have a lot more information and research now to suggest that that can be an okay and safe position for again, pregnant person and fetus throw to whole pregnancy. So we will sprinkle in exercises on the back in our prenatal strength training plans, but we are looking for some things like, do you feel okay? Can you breathe? Well, is this making you feel dizzy, lightheaded? We're not staying there for three minutes at a time and doing heavy chest presses, but yeah, we can probably do some glute bridges we can then move into a different exercise. We can then come back and do dumbbell chest presses from the floor. So again, yeah, these things are often not these hard and fast rules as we have been taught about them. Yes. Ah, the people need to know the people need to know. (laughs) Um, You talk about having an anti-diet and a weight inclusive and an anti-racist approach to the work that you do. And this is something that I talk about a lot on here and something that I wish more coaches got on board with. And I have to think 
that a lot of people that listen to my podcast are already on board with that, but I think some are still kind of curious or dipping their toe in the water, but how do you think things like diet culture and systemic racism and weight stigma affect people's experience with pregnancy and postpartum? Yeah, it really truly does affect folks on absolutely every level of health. And it's so interesting. We're putting together a pregnancy exercise coaching certification right now. And I have been interviewing so many guests who will be contributing to this course. And one recent person was Nicola Salmon, who does a lot of work in anti-fatness and helping fat folks or people in larger bodies go through fertility treatment, Mm -hmm. supports them in their pregnancy and as they're preparing for birth, because just the barriers that exist for people in larger bodies going through fertility treatment is absolutely so heartbreaking and harmful because of the anti-fatness and the weight stigma that still exists within those realms. And so we're talking about, okay, then as fitness coaches or as physical therapists, what do we need to be cognizant of? How are the health, the actual true health of those people? How is it being impacted as they are experiencing anti-fatness and weight stigma with their pregnancy care practitioners? And then when they come to train with us, when they show up for a treatment session, what do we need to be considering that they might be experiencing in their life? How might it be experiencing their stress levels, how they're feeling in their body, how they're feeling about their body, how it's impacting their pelvic floor health. You know, none of this stuff is just singular. It is all intersecting. And that is what I really hope that we can start considering more as the fitness and health practitioners that our clients' identity, their body size, their race, their experiences of racism in their life, it is impacting them on absolutely every level. We can't just, for example, think about their pelvic floor health as only being about the pelvic floor muscles, because we know that so much is impacting on how they're actually experiencing their body. So their incontinence isn't just about the pelvic floor. Yeah, sure, there might be stuff happening at the pelvic floor level, but what else is happening for them as a whole person? Yes, yes. And this is so great that you're bringing in different people with different experiences that are able to share that because I think for a lot of us that are coming from the place with with the most privilege, and I've been thinking about this a lot, like as fitness professionals, I feel like a lot of us that fall into that profession kind of already like naturally exist and with like within those parameters that are socially acceptable in the fitness industry. And we cannot imagine that somebody might be having a different experience of that until we actually take the time to listen to them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people just don't bother, which is which is shitty for our clients. And it's, um, I just feel like as coaches, then we're not doing the best possible job that we can for our people. We're missing the mark. And then from that place, 
in turn, our clients, and I've seen this with a lot of my clients too, just generally where they're not getting the care they need because they're not being seen or respected by their medical providers. And they think that there's something wrong with them. And it's like, oh, well, like I'm just broken. My body is wrong. You know, like I'm a lost cause and then come to find after going through, you know, a lot of different trial and error and finding the right provider, they realize like, oh, I thought I was lazy this entire time, but actually this whole thing was going on. And, you know, now I was able to get treated for this underlying injury and now I feel better. And yeah, so much harmful messaging. Yeah, it's so true. And I think about this so much in the way that I speak with, or I engage in conversation with pregnant clients and the way that my business is set up, we'll be working with folks who are all over the world. But if I am coaching a pregnant client and having conversations about how they are preparing for birth or their birth preferences, and they're a black woman in the U S that conversation needs to look different than when I'm coaching a white woman in Canada, because those experiences that they're going to be having are vastly different. Can we talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, tell me some of the differences. Obviously I know that Canada and the U S have vastly different healthcare systems as far as like what you can access generally. Um, but I also know that the outcomes for black maternal health rates in the U S are just staggeringly worse than for white women here. Do you feel the same as Canada or do you feel it's better across the board in Canada? Yeah, it's a good question. So yeah, I think your stats in the US are black maternal mortality rates are at least three to four times higher than white counterparts. And I think the stats are a little bit less drastic than that in Canada. However, racism absolutely exists. Anti-blackness, white supremacy absolutely exists within our within every system, but of course, within the hospital systems where a lot of folks will be giving birth. Yeah. The thing that is highlighted here so much in Canada is the experience of Indigenous birthing people. And I imagine those statistics are likely more on par with what the Black maternal statistics might be in the U.S. Yeah. Just the horrific care, the history and the current realities of horrific care for indigenous birthing and pregnant people here in Canada is really harmful. And again, like those are things that as a fitness professional, as a physiotherapist here, as a health professional working in any field, we need to know, we need to understand what is this person coming to me with what is has their experiences been with medical care with maybe prior pregnancies or birth postpartum experiences what are they coming to me with because i have to look outside my lens in order to understand that and that is first recognizing that my experience is going to be wildly and vastly different based upon 
my skin color, my body size, my privileges. And I thought about this so much as I was going through my second pregnancy. And it's just, I was able to ask for all the things that I was interested in asking for. I had midwifery care, but I also wanted an elective C-section. I had all these things that were important to me. And I was, again, presenting as I am working with largely white care providers and the way that they trusted me and engaged in my preferences. I just thought so much that this wouldn't be the same. This likely wouldn't be the same if I was an Indigenous woman birthing in this same system. And yeah. just things like that to keep reminding ourselves of, would this be the same if I wasn't pre- presenting with these identities? And that's something that that I talk about often is how people are like, don't get political, just talk about fitness. But like, we can't, we can't not. Otherwise, who are you here to actually serve? Yeah. It's yeah. Just- if it's just thin white women, cool but like not cool. <laughs> not cool at all. <laughs> <sighs> not cool at all. Um, okay. So can we normalize how hard it can be to work out with a new baby and how, how do we, how do you think we show not only ourselves, uh, but also our clients some more compassion in regard to that and make it just a tiny bit easier to do the things. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so challenging. Newborn life is so challenging. Just the, the unpredictability of living your life in that time period, the feeding schedules, the nap situations, the difficulties that can arise during that time period. It's just a lot to try to work with. And so first, I just think we need to dial in on expectations that people have for their exercise. Yeah, because the expectations probably need to be quite low, maybe even lower than you're expecting them to be. It's probably not going to be quite often that you're going to get a 30 minute workout done uninterrupted, unless of course, maybe it's at nap time and you have a a baby that sleeps for that long. But for the most part, for a lot of our clients is that, you know, they're fitting in a set or two at a time of an exercise. They're getting in half a workout and they're coming back to things later in the day or the next day, two days later. So just the whole way in which they are exercising and framing their expectations around exercise really need to be adjusted for them to not feel constantly frustrated by the experience. Because if you don't adjust that frame of expectations, you're probably going to be super frustrated a lot of the time. Yeah. I remember um, things were so different for me because I had the... I guess it was a blessing and a curse. I was pregnant. Like I thought I was pregnant and then lockdown happens. Like 
like a week later. So things were very chaotic. And as a result, I went and my pregnancy was also unplanned. Um, so I went from being like a boss bitch at the gym and I was like, I was doing like a barbell program at the time. And then the world shut down and I was pregnant and like terribly sick. And like, it was just early, early pregnancy was very challenging for me. And, um, I just remember then when JJ was born and we were getting back into, like, I was starting to get back into working out and stuff. We were still like COVID cases were really high in the U S like we were back on lockdown and stuff. And I'm like, I just want to feel like a boss bitch. And I can remember like, like in my living room, like crossing my fingers, hoping he would sleep for like 15 more minutes, like blasting Cardi B in my headphones, just trying to feel some semblance of anything. Um, but I really did finally have to come to the conclusion that like, this is what it is right now. I can't be at the gym right now for an uninterrupted hour all to myself. Like I want to be, and it's, I think allowing that to be enough, um, and letting it be like, maybe I'm going to do half of this workout now, and maybe I'm going to come back to it later. And maybe I'm not going to come back to it later and just allowing whatever, whatever it is to be enough. And that can be so fucking hard. But I think the minute we stop trying to fight it and just let our best be enough, the easier it becomes. Yeah, It's so true. And it's so normal, so common to feel disappointed and to have some grief around it and just be really frustrated and ragey about it and I know rage I have never experienced what I now know to be rage since postpartum first time around postpartum I was like whoa I don't think I've ever felt this before and then it was it really took over a lot of my experience with postpartum for quite a while just a lot to feel so much shifts in your identity and your whole life. And it can be a really frustrating time, especially if movement and exercise is important to you. Uh-huh. Like you're saying, helps you feel like a boss bitch. And then you are missing that so desperately. It can be a tough go. So yes, at some point though, it probably will be necessary to accept and surrender to where you are right now. And that doesn't mean not asking for what you need. That doesn't mean setting boundaries around what you need. But like you're saying, being really realistic about what can actually happen right now. Yes, 100%. And I think I experienced a lot of that rage and resentment two in not asking for what I need, um, because of all the conversations that I had had with my husband prior about my expectations and his like participation as a dad, and then him not fully grasping what that meant to me. And then me getting so resentful, so resentful towards him for not doing exactly what I needed him to do. And it, and I'm still learning this right now. Like, and I just recorded a podcast episode about this the other day, like, okay, you're not going to assume that I want you to make me a margarita and tell me to go take a shower alone. 
like that would make you just like a king of a man if you would do that. But you don't realize that's what I need. So I'm going to ask you to go downstairs and make me a margarita and then leave me alone so I can take a shower. And that's not nearly like as <laughs> it's, it's not what we want to be. It's like not what we want our support systems to be. Um, but sometimes we get so pissed off at people for not assuming what we need. And that rage builds. <sighs> yes. Yes. That's my life story. It's really only. <laughs> Well, I, I totally get it. And it's so, you know, unfortunately universal for a lot of folks and how they're experiencing motherhood, parenthood. And if you are more so the default or primary parent or the person who is at home more so of the time, it's just a lot to deal with. And like you're saying, such a lesson in speaking up for yourself and for asking what you're needing and not waiting for someone to guess, which is a lot of counseling sessions. Oh, later so much. To come to. <laughs> oh, so much. A hundred percent. It is so challenging, but it is getting better. And it is so great when you have support. I think whether that is through like working with a good coach or having a good community, um, or I think even just like going through education for yourself so that, um, like I know personally, when I first got pregnant, I did a pre and postnatal certification, not because I was necessarily trying to coach those populations specifically, but because I wanted to understand myself a little bit more. And I think there's definitely a space from that. I'm like, I just want the knowledge to get through this. Um, so that, that in mind, you've got, you've got some stuff coming, um, in the works. Um, you have a certification. This is a a new certification that you have. Yeah. So we have been running our postpartum exercise coaching certification for six years now, Okay, but this fall we're introducing finally our pregnancy coaching certification to the Okay. Nice. So two different ones and you've got, you've got a bunch of guests, um, that are helping, which I think is amazing to just bring, you know, those different voices who can hit up different related topics from different angles. What do you want? Uh, what do you want people to know about your certification in terms of like who it's for, what it's going to involve, um, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it is really important for us to have a lot of different voices and different perspectives that contribute to our certifications, because again, I'm always recognizing that, yeah, I know some stuff in this realm of fitness training and programming for perinatal populations, but there's so much that we need to be, can be learning from pelvic health, physical therapists, from anti-racism educators, from mental health practitioners. I was talking with a physical therapist, a pelvic health physical therapist here in Canada this morning, who's contributing to the pregnancy certification. And we were just talking about so much on the abdominal wall and how the pelvic floor changes in pregnancy and what happens to the bladder and the bowels. And it's just so cool to get to learn from all these folks who are really in deep in their specific field, 
but how it absolutely impacts then the way that I show up with my clients in fitness and strength training programming. So our certifications are for anyone in fitness coaching or a health modality. Largely, we have personal trainers, group fitness instructors, physiotherapists, massage therapists, doulas, chiropractors. So if you're working with prenatal or postnatal populations in whatever field you're in, there's absolutely gems in there that will positively shift the way that you're training or treating pregnant and postpartum people. Ah, that's so good. And this, it makes me think of something that I, I think of often, which is like, when you let go of these like diet culture rules and within like the pregnancy postpartum space, it's the like, you know, get your body back or like only have a little bump that looks like a basketball, but like, you don't look pregnant anywhere else. Or like all of, all of that garbage that we become so hyper fixated on, we can give our clients and ourselves so much more because when we stop the hyper fixation on fat loss and body composition and all of that, we realize there's so much more depth and so much more we can educate ourselves on and then in turn educate our people on. Yeah, that's exactly it. Recently, I was interviewing a reproductive psychiatrist for the pregnancy certification and the stuff that she was teaching me about how the brain works in pregnancy and postpartum and, you know, what medications and treatments can be super helpful for pregnant people. I was like, this is amazing just to be able to have this knowledge to be able to be aware perhaps of the symptoms or signs that my pregnant clients might be presenting that I can then say, Hey, I wonder if this seeing this person referring them to this mental health practitioner would be beneficial for you at this time. So always rooted in my scope of practice, but knowing that these other practitioners exist that can help support the health of the people that I'm working with. Yes. Which is exactly, I mean, that's one of the reasons I even wanted to have a podcast in the first place and bring people like you on that have different areas of specialties, because sometimes I think as coaches, we know certain things to be true. Like you can look at something and be like, "Mm, that recommendation your doctor gave you, like, uh, I don't know if that's the most up-to-date, but also as the personal trainer, I don't necessarily feel that it's in my scope of practice to present an alternative or to go against their wishes. But what I can do is be like, Hey, why don't you go see this psychiatrist, this pelvic floor, physical therapist, this other provider who has so much more expertise in that area, that's going to be able to give you a better answer because I don't know exactly what it is. And I'm not able to tell you, but I know that ain't it. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we work with so many pregnant and postpartum people still who have been experiencing pelvic floor symptoms, bulginess, incontinence, leaking. They tell their primary care physician about it. And that person is like, you know what, let's just give it six more months. It'll go away on its own. Have an extra glass of wine before engaging in intimacy. And you're like, no, actually I have some education around this that I can probably assist you with. Yeah. And that is such an empowering place to be. 
Great. So I'll make sure that I link to that in the show notes. Is there anything else that you want people to know about that certification? So we'll open enrollment early to folks who are on the interest list and you can link to that in the show notes. And that'll be for anyone who's interested in either the pregnancy, the postpartum version, or both people will be able to choose if they want to do one or the other or both of them. Great. And enrollment will open early to those folks and they can save up to $500 by being on the interest list at the end of September. And otherwise, it'll open to everyone later in October. But again, you can get all the details, no obligation. But if you're simply interested, you can get your name on that list to find out more. And that's good for CEUs. I was I was looking at the link that you sent me. That's good for CEUs for a couple of different um, personal trainer certifications, right? Yes. CanFit, Pro, Ace, and NASM. Nice. Very good. So any of my fellow coaches on here, if you need CEUs, um, and for my friends here that are not coaches, do you want to put a little plug in for, um, what you do for the fitness people? Because I feel like I'm always set, even, even though I have a, a prenatal certification, I feel like I'm always sending people to your program when they get pregnant. They're like, can you do programming from like, I can, but like Jesse's program is better. And <laughs> It's and your community is, is so incredible. Um, yeah, they really are. It's, um, it, it, I feel like it's very similar to the community that I have in tough love strength club, except for everybody is like in it with, with the parenthood stuff. And not everybody in there is a, is a new parent. Some people have have older children, but it's definitely a place where you can, you know, come and you can talk about fitness related things, or you can talk about your mother-in-law. So (laughs) do you want to tell us a little bit about that too? Yeah, there's a lot of that that happens. Yes. So yeah, it was so fun having you in our two pregnancy and beyond program for a little while. It was, you were such a welcome addition to that community. And yeah, so Two Pregnancy and Beyond is the coaching program where we primarily work with folks at any stage of pregnancy, postpartum, parenthood, and you come into us with either the prenatal track or the postnatal track programming, and we slot you in wherever you are in your pregnancy, you're going to start in that specific slot of programming in pregnancy and progress every four weeks from there through to the end of that pregnancy. If you come in postpartum, you're going to start in weeks one to four of our programming and progressively rebuild whole body strength and function from there. So some folks, like you're saying, we have people who are six weeks pregnant, people who are 40 weeks pregnant, people who have just given birth, as I was mentioning, and people who have kids that are 10 plus years old. And yeah, it's mostly just folks who are wanting to, again, deal with any core and pelvic floor stuff that they might be having come up or folks who are just wanting to tend to their body, tend to their physical, mental, and emotional health using exercise as the tool to do that. So great. So for anybody here, that's like consider, and I always felt like it was so very like not judgy too, because, um, I feel like also a lot of my listeners, or maybe it's just my clients. I don't actually know who's listening here. I have a lot of conversations with a lot of clients who are very much like me, like 
unconventional parents, maybe kind of like on the fence about the whole thing. Um, the space that you create online is so very not judgy, um, which I think was a big concern for me is like, I don't like, I don't do mom groups. Like I don't, I don't, I don't don't do this, but it's not, it's not like that. So for anybody that is, um, not a coach, um, but you know, needs some support at any stage pregnancy or postpartum for your own fitness, like just, just go over there. Jesse will take care of you. Thank you. Ah, so good. Anything else you want to share or that we missed today? I think that's the big stuff. The only thing I would just highlight on is knowing if you're a coach, if you are not a coach, just know that the pelvic floor is a little bit easier to figure out than you might have been led down the path of knowing. It's not only Kegels. It's not only that you have a weak pelvic floor that is leading to the incontinence or the prolapse, et cetera, but also know that it's not a 15 step process for most people in helping them have a better experience with their pelvic floor function. Often it is more simple than you can even realize. So don't wait any longer on getting support for yourself with your pelvic floor. Don't only keep recommending Kegels, Kegels, Kegels to your clients or patients, get yourself a little bit of education. It can just, it can have such positive impacts on your whole life that you don't even know yet. Yes. hundred percent, hundred percent. So good. Thanks for coming on, Jesse. Thanks, Jenna. So fun to chat with you. Yeah, for sure. We'll talk soon. That was such a great conversation with Jesse. I hope that you got a lot out of it and can maybe share it with somebody in your life who needs to hear all of those things too. I just love the good work that she is bringing to pregnant and postpartum people. So I will link again to all of her information, her online program, her certification in the show notes. If you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you've probably heard me mention my online group coaching program, Tough Love Strength Club. I open this program for enrollment about twice a year, and we're currently gearing up for our fall 2022 cohort. If you want to learn more about that program and how we can work together, there will be a link in the show notes. You can check that out. Get yourself on the wait list for first dibs on enrollments and a discount. That's all I've got today. Have a wonderful rest of your day, a great week, and we will talk soon. Thanks again for tuning into Tough Cookie Talks. I'm so glad you're here. If you want to learn more about me and how we can work together, visit my website, itsjennaj.com, or follow and tag me on Instagram at itsjennaj. I would love to hear from you. If you liked this episode and want to hear more, make sure that you click subscribe and follow along so that you don't miss a single show. Then take a moment and leave me a five-star rating and review so we can help this podcast and this message reach even more people. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.